Welcome to episode 12 of Tech Talk Thursdays. My guest this week is Randall Sherman from New Venture Research, who's here to talk about their latest report that charts the number of SMT lines across the world. The report is called the China SMT Capacity Study. And Randall joins me now. Uh, welcome, Randall. Nice to see you today. Thank you so much, Trevor. Okay. So uh, let's start off. My first question is, when did you begin tracking the number of SMT lines and why? Yeah, um, we began tracking the number of SMT lines back in 1993 when we issued one of the first reports out there on the contract manufacturing industry. Um, and back then, this, it was quite a small industry, like 100 million or so. And uh, what we were doing is, I mean, these companies just throw a fantastic weight, uh, mainly through the outsourcing of, of assembly from OEMs, large OEMs like HP and Dell and, and others. Um, and it, the contract manufacturers are very cooperative in the sense that they will tell you where their plants are. They want to advertise that. And they'll want to, they'll give you some idea of the size and capacity. And uh, one of the questions we always ask them were, how many active FST lines do you have? So we came up with a very good snapshot of, of how many were out there and where they were around the world. But remember, the contract manufacturing is only about half of the assembly that's out there. There's still a big OEM world, yeah. um, Kiva and NEC and others. Um, who have their own in-house production still taking place. And that was much more difficult to get a hold of. Uh, until recently, we came across a way to, to gather that information for the, the fastest growing markets, of which uh, China is one of the most significant. Well, that's my next question, of course, is how easy was it to, to gather reliable data from China? Um, it would have been possible um, without the source that we found and the source was the um, customs records which keeps track of all the import export information that takes place in the country and as as you may know um, the government supports the industry quite a bit with, with loans and guarantees and gifts <clears throat> but before they give them the money they have to go through an audit and the audit is very thorough and I can't believe that they actually publish these things, but they do. And what it did was it gave us a really clear idea of all the purchasing and installations that were taking place in China um, with SMT lines. Um, right. So, and it's for a three year period from 2016 to 19. So that was quite an eye opener. There were companies that I never heard of that were ordering, you know, like 60 lines you know and they and the, and the, the database that we were able to, to acquire had all the detailed information that we needed. it was the vendor it was the receiver uh, provider it was the invoice value it was the number of units it was the dates that were wow. shipped where it was shipped it was all there and so wow. we, thought, we finally got this corner we we have not done that for all the countries but certainly the growing countries like uh, India, Vietnam, Malaysia, and others, Thailand, um, we're, we're still working on And then right. some of the, the lower growth, uh, and so the, the U.S. still is a big market, and, and so is Europe. Um, it's not growing necessarily the way it was in the past. 
Right. Um, I mean, the, the current industry barometer has traditionally been the, the, the Japanese ProTech report. Uh, but why would you say your report is more accurate and more reliable? I mean, uh, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, they, that's a unique organization. It's a membership-based organization. And it rarely happens, but you, have, you find it in the semiconductor industry where they all, the you know, Intels and all the uh, chip providers get together and they share information about shipments for a year or, mm-hmm. you know, where it's going and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, I can't say we can really compete with that data, except um, there's a huge price differential. You can, you can buy that if you join the, um, <clears throat> the, the organization, but it's not, uh, it's extremely expensive. And we found a way around that, and we're going to make this a much more affordable kind of product for people mm-hmm. who need to know this information. After the break, we'll be looking at the breakdown by contract manufacturer and the leading pick and place vendors. Try fast. Don't just say, I can't. Try and find a way to do it. We will exceed your expectations. Nice to meet you. We are Omron. So Randall, let's take a look at some of the information you've uh, picked up in this report. Uh, We're looking at a chart here that shows the difference on the left-hand side uh, or the status, should I say, of SMT lines in 2000, uh, which shows China with only 19% of the world's SMT lines, uh, compared to 2019, where it's got a whopping 47%. Uh, It's huge. Uh, What are some of the other uh, disparities you've found while doing this research? Well, conversely, you can see how much the market in in the Americas and Europe have, have shrunk uh, mm-hmm. with in terms of the, the install base. So production, is, there's no question about half the world's electronics assembly production takes place in China. And with new SMT sales and installations, it's, it's well over half. Um, part of our study was that it gave us a, a picture of who was really doing the investment. The investment is huge. It's, it's not just a, a, a trivial one. That is that is shy and, and half half done, half baked. But it's 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 really um, China's going to lead the way for the next five ten years in terms of electronics assembly. Right, right. Some other regions that will still well, need it. Yeah, another metric that I, I find um, really interesting looking at this uh, chart is is that if you add Western Europe and and Eastern Europe together, the You've got about 9,000 lines versus North America with 5,000. Um, yeah. That is shocking. I, I honestly thought that the U.S. was bigger. Um, well, you know, the U.S. is they're very big in uh, outsourcing, and they have a lot of capacity in Asia these days. I mean, they have, they have it in Eastern Europe as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't outsource everything. So there's still quite a, 
a significant footprint of companies. Uh, think, yeah, if you're going to compare apples with apples, I guess you'd have to also include Mexico with that. Um, yeah. Do you have any numbers for Mexico? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, that's definitely one area that we track very closely. And uh, it's, it's convenient in terms of time zone. Uh, it's a little bit more extensive than Asia, but when you take the total cost of action, transportation costs, management overhead, and just all, all the um, right. overhead right. that goes with that, it's, uh, it's, become, it's become very competitive. Right. Now, as electronics get smaller, are you seeing a significant rise in uh, flip chip and die bonder sales? Because I know you tracked the, these sales as well. Yes. Yes, quite a bit. Um, in fact, there's a new trend, I guess you could say, towards multi-chip modules, system and package. And there's some companies that are basically, it's basically an integration of internet and industry. But multi-chip modules are becoming just you know, I mean, the sensor—they uh, can be processing graphics—and these these multi-chip modules are take the fastest and the most accurate machines these days. So, yeah, there's definitely a trend towards uh, complexity on the boards. Right, right, okay. Um, and uh, you've got another chart that's showing actually the the split by uh, the machine manufacturers and I believe yes there it's there and, and it's showing very clearly that Panasonic is still the front runner when it comes to um, the the SMT mounters which uh, no surprise there at all. Um, well but a lot of them in the past were European and American and now they've gotten out of that business and uh, you look at companies um, or customers like Foxconn and it's right. We don't know the exact number, but we think it's somewhere around 3,000 SMT lines worldwide. And that's a huge capacity. That's quite a customer. Really. But they're very clever in the way they sort of hide themselves, and they have subsidiaries and subsidiaries and subsidiaries. And that's one thing that we really added some value to is we really broke it down. We were able to understand the parent company and the subsidiaries and how much uh, production was being done by each. Uh, so that was, and we came across a whole new family of names that we've not been previously aware of. So I mean, from that, yeah. When you said there that, that, that Foxconn's got about 3,000 lines, but I mean, they account for about 55% of the world's um, uh, manufacturing. Um, right. So I, I'm guessing that just points to the fact that they're doing such huge high volume. Uh, yeah, that's that's their game. You know, I mean, they've done they've got the big top dog customers, and mm -hmm. um, you know now I think they're about 172 billion this last year in revenue, which is bigger than Apple itself. Yeah, uh, and and they're it's about four times as large as the next biggest competitor, which is probably Pegatron. Mm -hmm. So when you but when you get down the curve a little bit, you you have a lot of mid tier, I guess second and third tier. Uh, companies that have uh, an excellent program and have customers. And it's kind of a sort of a sweet spot where you got, um, you know, as we like to say sometimes, of, of Flex or, or Foxconn, where they're just optimizing those machines 95% of 
of the time. And that's where they make their money, their return on investment comes from, by running those machines 23 hours a day, 23 and a half. So, yeah, it's, it's a changing world, but there's another world out there besides just the, the big boys. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. I mean, it, it's the same story with the Industry 4.0 smart factory stuff. I mean, it's the big boys that are really uh, investing the dollars in it and uh, to, to try and get optimize their systems and essentially make more with less. Um, investment and uh, and doing it very very successfully. So, uh, it, which is only adding to the widening the gap between the yeah. uh, tier ones and and the, the tier threes and fours in this industry. So, given the the recent supply chain disruptions, you know, we've had with the U.S. China trade war and the COVID nineteen pandemic, are you starting to see any trends of? Uh, regionalization and uh, reshoring of, of work. Yeah, that, that trend has been taking place over the last five, 10 years where they're basically rationalizing the organization, trying to determine where they get, where they get facilities, where they get equipment uh, for the best return. And right now, first of all, quite, quite a bit, and this is like we have in India, in Malaysia, and Thailand. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's but that's but that's been going on for I mean that's how they scrambled to survive this COVID nineteen thing and the trade war that our president seems to want to have with the China with China and so yeah in fact the we have a newsletter in this on this market and recently chairman of Foxconn Mr Lu it is not Mr Go um, who said that there is a trend now towards regionalization uh, and everyone has to do it just, just to stay competitive. Right, right, right. You know, I think Terry goes the, the, the former chairman, isn't he? Because he's now running for president of Taiwan, as I understand it. Yeah. He's moved on to running the biggest company in the world. There you go. So final question, Randall. Who, uh, is the report targeted at? Who's your, which customers do you expect to, to be interested to, to buy this report? Yeah, we're, um, normally these sort of things go to strategic planning people. I mean, they have to have a number. They need the business intelligence to tell them what, you know, what's going on in one particular com- uh, country, what certain vendors are doing, what the market size is, how fast it's growing. So we, we get a lot of tactical guys too, like marketing managers. But it's normally it's strategic planning. It's the big picture people who need to. We need this as a guidance, or or even a second opinion. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Great. Well, you know, I think it's very exciting, um, and uh, I want to wish you every success with the the report. And uh, I want to thank you for coming in and joining us today. It was my pleasure, Trevor. Anytime. <laughs> The China SMT Capacity Study will be available in the Global SMT and Packaging Bookstore within the next few weeks. That's it for another episode of Tech Talk Thursdays. Be sure to join us on Tuesday, July 7th, where we'll be hosting a panel discussion on AOI technology. And on July 8th, we have a very exciting event. It's the very first online conference and expo. So look out for that. You'll find it online at online expotv.com. Sign up for that and don't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Till then, take care and we'll see you soon. 
Global SMT and Packaging opens the windows of the world to bring you the latest news and technologies from Munich, from Bangalore, from Shanghai, from San Diego.